Welcome back to Coaching Kern, and we're on episode 19 right now, Real Voices of the Game. And we're, we have our special guest today, Jack Cuss Jr., former Major League player, first-round draft pick with the Arizona Diamondbacks, here to join us today to give his perspective on baseball and, and life after baseball. I'm joined with my co-host, America's Most Beloved Sports Writer, Kevin Kernan. We also have, which he'll appear from time to time on our Real Voices of the Game, our resident expert, 40-plus years as a scout, a player, a coach in Major League Baseball. Uh, we affectionately call him Bull because he's in the Witness Protection Program here at Coach and Kernan. Uh, guys, <laughs> welcome back to the show today. Coming off a great show yesterday with our panel of resident experts, a uh, big big talk on long toss. We talked Jager uh, sports with the bands they have. But uh, welcome back to the show. And certainly, Jack, welcome and thanks for coming on our show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Yeah. Um, I want to get started, if you guys don't mind, I want to ask Jack the first question here. Um, I'm obviously intrigued by your playing career and, and what you've done, but I want to work at the end now and kind of work backwards. Talk about a little bit about what you're doing in Flemington right now. Post-playing career, um, you're involved in developing community around Diamond, uh, Diamond Nation here. Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what you're doing in Flemington. Yeah, so right now we're uh... – We've become uh, Diamond Nation has become a little bit of a uh, real estate company. Um, you know, my my father Jack uh, Senior, he's actually junior, and I'm the third. Um, but what we call him Senior. Um, he's uh, you know he's always been into real estate. Um, you know, obviously we all have a love of baseball. He he played in college, and um, and my brothers played. I played. But right now we're uh, you know. Diamond Nation is running, uh, you know, doing very well um, as far as our, our tournaments and our, our teams are performing at a high level. Our, uh, our, our our players are going on to play at some some great great schools, and you know, some of them are in the major leagues right now. Um, so you know that thing's going pretty well over there, and we've kind of uh, you know used uh, some of, of Diamond Nation that the good stuff and the, and some of the earnings from there and, and, and moved into the real estate game a little bit, which he's already been a part of, but we're building some, uh, we're building some apartments next to where, Oh, oh excuse me. Um, we're building some apartments, uh, next to, uh, health quest, which is a, a, a family fitness and wellness center that, um, basically a, a large gym, a hundred thousand square foot gym, um, and we're building 200 apartments next to that, basically on a 35-acre campus that, uh, well, actually, that's 50 acres that, that is uh, about a quarter of a mile down the road from Diamond Nation. So we're building some housing there. And then we are trying to um, bring back our hometown of Flemington, New Jersey, that is um, you know, where Diamond Nation is located. Main Street's been, uh, over the years, um, you know, just gone downhill. Um, and it needed a jolt of energy and it needed a vision kind of like Diamond Nation, uh, or HealthQuest, which are, you know, kind of two main staples in our community here in Hunterdon County. And, um, so we have a, a, a mixed use project consisting of a uh, hundred room, uh, hotel, uh, branded hotel. Um, I, I don't think I can. Uh, say what which brand it is now, but 
it's, it's, a, it's a good brand. And then we have uh, 206 apartments and we got about 20,000 square feet of retail. So we've shifted our focus uh, on trying to make uh, the amenities to our Diamond Nation customer, the local amenities, a little bit better. So we, we, we've got a big food and beverage operator uh, that we have an LOI with that uh, it's probably one of the biggest uh, uh, restaurant operators in New Jersey uh, coming on to take take the retail in that space and we've got some some pretty good ideas to kind of uh, give our customers at Diamond Nation a little bit better local experience than what they've had. Um, anyone that knows Flemington knows that there's not much going on and most of the teams stay uh, about 30 minutes down the road in Somerset County. Um, so we saw a need not just for ourselves and Diamond Nation, but for the community to build Main Street back and make it a place that, that everyone can be proud of and kids can go down there, you know, high school kids have a place to work, have a place to play. And then also, um, you know, uh, some older, uh, a lot of the uh, empty nesters are, are, are downsizing, but they still love the community out here in Hunterdon County. And they'd like to stay. A lot of them are moving down south. Um, but again, with real estate, the way it's been booming um, the last couple of years since COVID, a lot of them took advantage of that, sold their house, and they're looking for nice walkable communities uh, to be a part of. And that's that's what we're trying to build in, in, in downtown Flemington right now. So that that's what I'm doing in Flemington. I've also got a few other things going on. Um, but like I said, uh, we were talking a little bit before uh, Jack Senior has a, a, a pretty uh, his vision is clear and and, and big and um, he never stops moving so I'm just trying to keep up with him <laughs> right now yeah. and he's uh, you know 30 years older than me so for those of our audience members that may have lived in a cave the last 10 15 years tell tell them a little bit about what Diamond Nation is. Yeah, Diamond Nation is a uh, it's a seven it's a seven field uh, complex spanning uh, thirty five acres. Um, we've had uh, you know we our, our bread and butter is hosting uh, tournaments uh, tournaments for for baseball and softball. We've, we're also very proud of our our Diamond Jacks teams and, and Finch's Aces teams that uh, that are that that you know make up our uh, our travel team. So we have our own travel teams and we also host tournaments. Uh, we think we do it as uh, good as anyone. Uh, a lot of people have, have told us that we got a, we have a, we have a great team there that, uh, you know, our, my, my brother, Mike's the general manager, uh, Nick Masseri's, uh kind of runs the place over there as the head of everything. And then uh, Keith Dilgard, who's our business partner in the real estate stuff now as well. That was kind of his and my dad's, um, you know, uh, creation over there. They were uh, Keith was Keith was uh, traveling, uh, coaching at the time, uh, and he was just like, our, "Our coaches are getting burnt out traveling around the, the country." And uh, I think we could have, a, you know, we got the we got the land around here, and we're centrally located. I think we can do a, a pretty interesting complex um and be able to draw basically from baltimore to boston is kind of our our bread and butter and who's we've finch? had go ahead that's with softball now I, I noticed the name finch tell our audience who that is 
Yeah, so Jenny Finch, I, uh, I've i known Jenny, uh, you know, um, I know it's a, a baseball podcast, but um, Jenny Finch, uh, I've known Jenny since she was a freshman um, in uh, at, at U of A, and she's probably uh, the most uh, well-known uh, softball player that's ever lived. She's a uh, very nice woman. Uh, I, I've... I've like I said, I've known her since she was a freshman in high school. She was down at U of A. Uh, she was obviously a big star down there from her freshman year. And it's a small town, and, and we were in spring training uh, in Colorado when I was with uh, Arizona and Colorado down there. So, uh, you know, there's, there's only a few places down in Tucson to really go out and have a beer or get something good to eat. So we'd end up running into each other. Then a friend of mine, Casey Daigle ended up, uh, you know, asking her, I think everyone wanted to ask her out, but Casey was the only one that brought flowers to, 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 to the salon. She was getting her haircut at one day and, uh, he, uh, ended up marrying her and they lived down in Louisiana. But, um, you know, I, we've kept in touch since then. And, you know, again, Jack senior with always wanting to do the, the best in class in whatever he does. He said, uh, Hey, you think, think you can talk to Jenny and see if we can get her to, to be our face of the softball over here at diamond nation. I was like, I'm, I'm sure we can make that happen. And, and we did. So, um, yeah, so she comes around, you know, obviously she's down in Louisiana, uh, but she, she does a, she just does a wonderful job. She's got so much energy. She's so intelligent. Uh, just a really, really nice person. That's great. Kevin, you wanted to add something? Yeah, Jack, how you doing? Haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, good. what's up, man? How you been? Been great, been great. And uh, just to let everybody know, when uh, my youngest, Corey, played over at Diamond Nation, had a great time. And uh, one day we were moving from one area of the complex to another. And uh, I turn around and I look, and who's carrying my son's bag? But uh Jack Jr., major leaguer, carrying my son's bag. <laughs> Very humble guy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, baseball will humble you, Kevin, as you know, especially, <laughs> especially when you have a career like mine. So, uh, Well, we all know that. But you've had – I tell you what, you've had a fascinating career. And, and, and all the places you've been and, and your age, you kept your aging uh, Greg Clifton busy too through the years. <laughs> exactly. And, and he's a good guy as well. Yep, and, uh, yep. The, uh, the, the fact that uh, I, the first thing I wanted to ask is since you know the country so well and been so many places and yeah. and let's not forget you hit 105 major league home runs and I yeah. think another 225 in the minors. So yeah. And a yeah. ton of walks and all that stuff. So there's a lot here, <laughs> but, but what was um traveling around the country? What areas really struck you uh, as different or something of a kid growing up in New Jersey and maybe helped you, um, develop uh, not only into a player but into the, uh, the the businessman you've become because diamond nation and what they're doing for flemington uh, you know you got to get up there with lambertville being the most uh, biggest destination in new jersey but uh, uh. what they're doing for new jersey is incredible just tell me about how your travels uh, impacted your uh, your life as well yeah well i mean being a being a guy from new jersey um you know the, the city that we always think of was, uh, you know, and we always went to was New York City. So, um, you know, the, the thing that I noticed in, in traveling to these other towns is how much smaller the towns are, you know, these cities are than, than New York. I just thought that, uh, you know, Boston was the same size as, as 
as New York and Chicago was maybe close to the same size as New York and, you know, some of these other towns. But when you, when you end up getting in some of these towns, you're like, wow, they're, uh, they're New York is, is pretty special. Uh, just all, you know, how busy it is, how big the buildings are, how many big buildings there are, uh, just the different boroughs and whatnot. So I think the one thing that it taught me was, um, you know, if I if you could make it kind of from Jersey and New York area where, you know, I consider New York, a, you know, our, our home city, uh, you know, these other towns are small. So, you know, the, the uh, I guess, inti- the intimidation factor of like, going into a New York, you never really had that, um, you know, where some, right. you know, you always, you always were going to these towns that were small, even though I was from a small town, I just, we, we were always in the city, you know, going to watch ball games or, or, you know, going to a play or something like that or whatever, whatever it may be. So that was one thing that was very interesting, but, uh, you know, but traveling around, seeing the different, the different towns, the different States, uh, all the different people, um, you know, you can't beat it. It's uh, I got I got so many favorites and favorite restaurants and uh, you know uh, streets and towns and whatnot. But it's uh, hotels. It's it, it's wonderful, and, and not just the major leagues, but the minor leagues as well. You know, I've seen uh, you know that song. I forget which song it was, but I I remember after hearing it after like fifteen years, it was like a. I've been to New York. Da, 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 da. That's all, like all those towns they rip off. Like I forget Johnny what it was. Cash, yeah, Johnny Cash song. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all right. so, yeah, that's before my time. I don't know any of that stuff. But, uh, that, so that's all. Yeah, it was they always played on that. On I forget which commercial it was for, but I was like, damn, I've been to like what a hotel company. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then the uh, the other thing, real quick, I wanted to get to before we move on with the other guys, but. What was the Billy Bean experience like? Because, you know, most people, you know, I know Billy quite well and what he's all about, but uh, most people only know him through the movie. And um, his ego may be as big as Brad Pitt's, but we know that too. But uh, <laughs> what, what was it about Billy that you uh, kind of found interesting? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you said it. <laughs> he's, uh, uh, he's, um, you know he's uh he's done a, he's, he's he's done a good job there you know and they, um you know he gave me my opportunity obviously and there were there were times when uh you know i was i, I was rumored to go to to, to to the a's even before i ended up finally getting there but um it was uh you know billy's a, billy's a good guy you know he knows how to run a team um you know, he knows how to make money for his team. Uh, I think then yeah. at the end of the day, that's what a lot of these teams are, are doing. So uh, it's a business, and I guess, you know, he knows how to run the Oakland A's uh, the way they want to be run. So, um, you know, I didn't have the best. We didn't, we, you know, we at the end there wasn't the best. Uh, we didn't leave on good terms. Um, so, you know, uh, I just sometimes it's better not say as much as, as you'd like. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I led the team there in, in home runs and RBIs for three years, and he sent me down to the minor leagues to start my fourth season there, basically just to keep me, uh, my, my arbitration down to the prior year's level. So, uh, you know, when guys do stuff like that, 
you know, with guys' careers that, you know, are, and I get it, it's a business, but, you know, whatever. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I, I want people to understand, you know, the road that you took was not an easy road. I mean, uh, you, you know, you, you battled, you, you like, you, you've been to a, a ton of minor league cities. I think even at the end of your career with Scranton and stuff, you were, you were still producing home runs. So what made you persevere through all that? Because it wasn't an easy road. Um, you know, it's just the love of the game at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. like, what else, what else am I going to do? Like, I, I mean, even though you're, 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 uh, you know, you work, you work your butt off to get, to get to where, to get to where you are and you get, to, and you just seem like you can't, you can't break in at that big league level, even though you really never got an opportunity. Um, it's just, uh, it, it gets frustrating, but again, it's the love of the game that, uh, that keeps you going. And it sounds corny or cliche, but, but it is what it is. I mean, all those days grinding, waking up, you know, uh, early in the morning to go hit balls. You know, I'm not talking about in professional baseball. I'm talking about since you're seven mm-hmm. years old. So, uh, you know, those hot summer days, even now when there's a hot summer day, it's a little muggy out. I used to, I used to just love to go out with my dad and hit, you know, 500 balls, a thousand ball, whatever it was. I don't know how much we hit, but like, there's just something about that time of year from spring to fall. That even you know on a cool day, you know it bring back a memory of of of, of that the day you hit three homers in a in, in a cold day when you know other guys were, were struggling because their hands were stinging and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, well, I'm I'm from Jersey. I'm used to playing in the cold, so I like that. And then those and then those hot days where you know you're grinding out those days. It's like every every part of baseball it, it, when it when it's who you are it's just what you want to do so you know no matter what you say bouncing around going to scranton at the end of my career that was that was tough because we were on the road that whole year and i remember oh, i forgot about a that funny story yeah. because uh, i was with houston uh and i was about to hang it up then because uh, houston that was that was the year before uh you know lone how ended up turning around i think it was like altuve's rookie year jd martinez was there before they passed on him uh, like uh, George Springer was like just drafted that year, so they were they were rebuilding, but they were you know they were going to be in last place that year, and they you know they were just in rebuilding mode, so they were still in the National League. And I remember telling my agent like, "Hey, let's 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 sign over there because I don't want to be limited to you know when you're limited to, as a DH and a part time outfielder, you know you only had you're very limited on the amount of rosters that you can make. So I said, let me let me go to let me go to Houston and see if I can make this team as a National League player. You know they got a short left field, I can cover that short left field good, you know good enough that my bat will do the rest of the talking, and uh, maybe I could revive my career at the end after I had a terrible time in Seattle. Um, and uh, I ended up hurting my elbow, and I, I never really was hurt. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't make that team. And I said, well, you know what? I said if I don't make that team, you know, they're not a good team. I'm, they're probably the worst team in baseball, Then I'm just going to hang them up. And then who comes calling but the, the New York Yankees, who were my favorite team, you know, growing up. Wow. And, uh, you know, I just – I remember sitting at, sitting at home uh, – my daughter was. We were in. We were in Kissimmee, staying down there. Spring train. They released me. I was like, I'm done. My daughter's t- painting my nails. My toenails blue uh, as I'm falling asleep on the couch. 
And uh, I'm like, well, this is this is it. The Yankees, you know, my agent calls me. He says the Yankees called. Uh, Banyas was having a real tough spring. A couple other guys, and they rolled. They wanted me as an insurance policy. <laughs> and uh, the funny part that I, that I forgot to mention earlier was that a guy got traded us from the Yankees, and he said uh, he believed he was going to go to AAA, and he was all excited because he's coming to Houston because the Yankees didn't have a home field at AAA this year. And I said, and I remember sitting on the bus on the way home from I forget where we were playing, you know, spring training day, and I was like, who the hell would sign with the Yankees with no home spring like home AAA team? Like you're on the road the whole year, and I, and I was probably 33 at that point, so you know that's a after 15 years of playing pro ball, that's the last thing you want to do. But this was the dumb guy that did that. So, but I still hit some homers there and did all right. But, you know, Ibanez has ended up having a great year. And, uh, you know, so, you know it, it just never – it would have been it would have been great to be able to play a game for the Yankees, but never got there. But uh, nonetheless, uh, played in a lot for a lot of other teams. But, you know, I'll turn it over to Bull after this. But that, the point is, the, um, and I, we have a lot of kids that listen to our, our podcast and softball players, too. So I'm glad you brought up Jenny, who, by the way, Tony Gwynn told me that he could never hit her when he, he faced her, you know, because uh, she did pitch against Tony and struck him out pretty oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she, I think she struck out everyone. I, yep. Yeah. Yep. But I wanted, I, wanted our, I wanted our young listeners to understand that, you know, even in the major leagues, you make it to the major league, you still got to keep working. And, and, and I think you said it so well there and actually quite beautifully about what you loved about the game and, and those special times with your dad. So I think uh, that's important to get across. But I'll, uh, I'll let Bull go now. Yeah. No, those were all great points, Jack. I'll <clears throat> just share um, out of fairness because we do beat up analytics a little bit on here because it's an overkill. But Billy did see the value in signing you and bringing you into Oakland, which was your on-base percentage and your power. And yeah. that's, um, that's so, the sure. So yeah, you know, so there, there's value in everything, and just you know, so people don't go, we're all a bunch of old farts, and you know, we we don't realize where value is. That's something that all of us have learned in va- baseball that there's there, there's value everywhere. So yeah, and. Fun. Um, you know, just to, you know, share what Jack said, I, uh, and Kevin, you brought up his name the other day, Gary, you said one time in a meeting when I was <clears throat> working with the Florida Marlins, he said, uh, he said, I think everybody in this room, uh, kept the uniform on until somebody tore it off of our back. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and that's what we all did. I would still be playing if somebody would have kept signing me as a six-year free agent, <laughs> and I'm 63, so yep. uh, nobody, nobody would sign me, but that's why I'm still in baseball because I love being at the field. Yep. I love sitting and talking like we are right now, and um, you know that's, that's the beauty of this game. It's the relationships. It's the things that we get to do beside playing the game, so – yeah, there's a there's a select few that get to say when they're done, <laughs> and most of them are most of them yeah. are in the Hall of Fame. So not not interrupt, but look at Cano. Cano's going yeah. from team to team trying to hang on. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's in. Is he in AAA somewhere? I saw. Well, he he just cut, I think yeah. that Atlanta just cut him. I think. Yeah, they just cut him. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you talk about a stroke, man. That kid had. Oh. He, he had. He had some swing. Beautiful swing. 
Yeah. yeah. I bet you he didn't. I bet you he wished he didn't go to Seattle too. Well, the money was good, but uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer if he stays a New York Yankee. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah he's probably board, borderline anyway. I don't know what he's done his last eight yeah. years, but uh, he was he was one hell of a hitter for a long time and and, and a pretty good guy from the brief yeah. conversations I've had with him. Well, even with uh, even the last couple of years when he was with the Mets, you know, uh, Alonzo, Alonzo learned so much from Cano. Cano was a uh, – I know people like to bash Cano for whatever, not hustling here and there. But, you know, when he pulled that – he pulled some leg muscles and he kind of changed it around a little bit. But yeah. Cano, in that clubhouse, Jack, and you can speak to this as well, but in that clubhouse, Cano was revered because he was there as a hitter – all the other hitters to help them out, and that's that's an important role in the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a natural born hitter. I mean, he's a classic, you know, three hundred hitter with a smooth stroke that had just great rhythm and timing. I mean, talk about a rhythm and timing type swing. Uh, Absolutely beautiful. When he got it going, it was it, it was pretty. Um, and uh, Jack, one thing, and Kevin brought it up. A lot of superstars like him aren't mentors to young guys. They, yeah, yeah. They, you know, and, and you know that from playing the game. Yeah, they're not, they're 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 more selfish. They're more reserved. Yeah, Robinson Cano is always there to help other players too. As yeah, he yeah. became a good player because people in the Yankee system did that for him. Well, that Jack that's, did that that's for awesome. you. Did anybody yeah. step up for you when you were in the when you made it to the bigs? Who was that? Who was a couple mentors for you when you made it to the majors? Uh, oh man, mentors for me. You know, uh, well, when I came up, I was with Arizona, and that that team was a special team. It was the it was the O one uh, team that beat the Yanks in the series, and we just had, uh, you know, we had some, uh, some 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 older pitchers that were really, really cool. Uh, Mike Morgan, I'm sure you guys remember uh, Mo Man. Uh, Mike, he, I think he, I don't even think he played in the minor leagues. I think his first at bat was, or his first pitch was against Carl Yastrzemski. And, uh, yeah, he signed right, went right to the big leagues. In Fenway Park. And uh, he, he was a trip, man. He used to take care of me. Um, you know, he was a wild man. Uh, him and uh, Miss Mo Man, he called his wife Miss Mo Man. And he referred to him as Mo Man, so he had all these different types of sayings. And you know, Luis Gonzalez was a great, great teammate, great guy, kept it loose in the clubhouse. And then you had guys like Matt Williams, uh, who uh, you know just goes about his business. And you watch this guy, and you remember watching him, you know, on the Giants, and then you know when he was in his prime, and then just seeing what it took for him to get ready for a game at his older age. Uh, and then Jay Bell, guys like Craig Council were on that team that, you know, now he's managing and obviously doing a great job doing that. Uh, we had Steve Finley in center field that, you know, when you, when you go back and look at his career and his numbers, they're just, I mean, I didn't even realize when I played with him how, what a great career he had, the amount of home runs and stolen bases. I coached him in A-ball in 1987, Jack. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was he? Yeah. He signed, he signed with the Orioles originally. Oh yeah. I remember. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 He got traded to Houston in, uh, in the, uh, Glenn Davis deal with Kurt Schilling. Oh, nice wow. job of scouting. Yeah. Nice job of scouting by Houston. Huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> no kidding. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. No, he, and he was a good guy, you know, quiet guy, just went about his business, but super nice guy. Um, so, you know, when you talk about guys, uh, you know, there, there, there's so many out there. Uh, Mike Sweeney was another great, great, uh, you know, it was towards the, it was later in my career, but just what a good human being, you know, the, the old Kansas city Royal first baseman that kind of, uh, you know, just put up crazy numbers, uh, every year. And, um, and, and, you know, he was kind of overshadowed by guys like in, in the same division, like Big Hurt. And, uh, you know, there was a couple guys that were just putting up buku numbers uh, that in, in that era. But he was just a, you know, very uh, faithful man, religious man, wonderful family. Uh, he, he he was one of the more impressive guys that, that I've met in my career. There's so many out there um, that, that have ha- had a positive impact. Uh, on me that you know it's it, it, it's hard to really name all of them um, try to think of a few more uh, off the top of my head that were a lot of fun but you know most, as 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 you guys all know uh, big league ball players like to have fun uh, Dave Roberts was another you know you talk about managers and guys that know how to lead men uh, he, he was a he was a pretty special guy too I played with him in San Diego a little bit and he uh he uh, he always made you feel uh, Trevor Hoffman too, another guy make you feel like you know Trevor Hoffman when I was there. I think I had like a hundred big league at bats, and I felt he he make you feel like you were Don Mattingly. I'm like uh, like what, what, I was like maybe this guy's I don't know if he's got like uh, a YouTube uh, subscription to minor league baseball and has watched my home runs down there, but I don't know how he even knows who the hell I am. Uh, but he would treat you like uh, like I said you were you know. Ryan Klesko on that team instead of uh, Jack Cust, who's a spring training invite. So, you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, I spent a lot of years with Trevor out there, and I was at his Hall of Fame when he went to the Hall of Fame, and oh, that's awesome. To, yeah, and went to his party and stuff, and and you nailed it. He there were, probably wasn't a more uh, nicer, down to earth guy uh, than than him. But I always loved uh, in San Diego. And I just wanted to get your experience, your feeling. I always loved it when. Um, guys would come to San Diego, especially from New Jersey or something like that. What was it like just getting on, playing in that field, you know, in that weather in oh. San Diego? Uh, what, what was that like compared to where you were in some previous places? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, did so, is it official that Soto just went there? Is that? Is yeah, that, I think yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. official. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, I, I don't, I, yeah. Either, well, first of all, he must be happy going from Washington to there. And he's very uh, close with Tatis. He's very close with Tatis. And, and the experience of playing in San Diego as a hitter, what's that like? Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> well, since they changed the balls, I don't think it matters. But back when I was <laughs> back when I was there, it was actually hard to hit home runs. Yes, and, it was. It yeah, was very hard. Yeah. I remember hitting a ball in Oakland there that, uh, I mean, I absolutely smashed it. And it was probably went about. I don't know, 440, and, you know, it barely snuck out. Uh, I mean, it's to left center, uh, and it's just like, wow, why is it, you know, the, the air is just dead. The similar to, simil- similar yeah. to Oakland and, and you know, the L.A. places at night. Uh, San Diego is just worse. Um, you know, when Adrian uh, – uh, Jack, Adrian, Jack the new stadium does play a little better for hitters yeah. than, than Jack Murphy did. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. But the old, but the the new the new stadium. Well, the, I played both. The old stadium. I I don't know. I felt like I was in a bad dream. Uh, at yeah. that I don't know yeah, what it was. The light. That was the, light tough. 
the lights weren't good. Uh, I wasn't playing much. I think I got a, I got a token start there when I was with Colorado. And yeah. uh, it was uh, – yeah, it was, that was – but the new stadium is just – I mean, I don't think – I don't know if there's a better stadium in the big leagues as far as like a new stadium with just a wonderful feel. Um, it's that, you know, that left field, what they did out there, uh, it's just, it's just beautiful. But again, um, hitting there was never fun. The old one, the new one's obviously better. They brought in the fences since I was playing and the bolt, the balls are juiced out of their minds. So, uh, what was your favorite ballpark to hit in? Uh, my favorite, my favorite. my favorite park to hit in was Boston for sure. And then, uh, in Cleveland, Cleveland and Boston were probably my two. If I could have stepped in those two batters' boxes, I, maybe I'd still be pinch hitting somewhere or something. Because <laughs> I, I I don't know if their pitchers were just not that good, or you know, sometimes as any hitter will tell you, you get in a you get in a batters' box somewhere and you just feel great. And and those two parks, you know, I hit just always. And Boston, you know. They're different parks. Boston has that energy, right? Where you just yes. you step in, and I'm like, I, I get in the batter's box, and I'm like, freaking Ted Williams stepped in this batter's box. You know, the first, I think the only book I ever read, read was the Ted Williams book. So, you know, my dad made me the, the art, you know, the, the, the uh, Ted Williams, the art of hitting. Uh, and then I think I, I think I read a Wade Boggs book on hitting too when I was like 10. But those were the two books I read. And, uh, <laughs> But but just think, and both those guys were in that batter's box, so uh, maybe maybe that's why it was like uh, full circle there. But um, you know, it's uh, Fenway was just the energy is just phenomenal, and then Cleveland's another great. You know, it was it was was new, now it's old. You know, but it's uh, it's it's a, just a beautiful park that, that that stands the test of time. But those two, those two are my favorite parks to hit in. Old Yankee Stadium, I like to hit in too. I didn't. I'm weird. I, I don't like the. I didn't like the new one as much, but the, the old one with that black batter's eye back there and nothing going on. It's like you felt like you saw the ball in slow motion. Yeah, I think that. I, I think that that batter's eye was unbelievable there. And, and you're right, uh, guys. I've talked to with the new Yankees. I mean, it, 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 the, this ball travels. Let's face it. You know, yeah. just, you know, Judge can just poke it to right field. The Mayhew's just doing it now too. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, I remember talking to A Rod, and he always told me he told me his favorite park was Arizona, simply because uh, oh. the way the ball carried. Yeah, Arizona was a good park. I don't, I, I, uh, you know, I came up with them, uh, like I said, in '01, and and then that is a great park to hit in, um, because it, you know it's kind of like Coors Light, light, right? <laughs> like Coors Light yeah. Junior. Um, it's uh, it's the it's uh, elevation. The elevation, it's like spring training there. I mean, I remember going into spring training all all bulked up and feeling good. And, you know, if I if I didn't hit a homer every swing, I was like, what the, what the hell's wrong with me? It's just like the balls just fly. I don't, I don't know how they paid for all those baseballs for as many as they lost back then. The, uh, well, I, I know how, but. The <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the fact that. Um, I mean, you, you can sit, hear it in your voice, but just being around Diamond Nation, too, and, and seeing younger players come up and, and things like that, what does that do for you as a uh, – just as someone who loves baseball? I love. I mean, I love it. I'm a Jersey guy. I, uh, you know, when I was playing, any Jersey guy that got drafted, I was telling everybody about it and Jersey high school basketball and 
you know, this guy and that guy from Jersey. So I'm, I'm a, you know, us Jersey people have a lot of pride. So we love having, having our guys that come through our program and, and, and have success in not just baseball, but in, in, in any walk of life. But, um, you know, our kids are, we, we got some great kids here and, um, you know, we, I, I just love, I just love Jersey people. So, uh, anybody that does well, you know, we're rooting for them for sure. Uh, we, we got a group text of, you know, our general managers and some of our coaches and me and my dad, and we're always sending highlights of our guys and not just our guys, but baseball stuff. Or That's cool. Around. Yeah. yeah. But, but definitely our guys, we're always getting updates because, you know, I don't follow it as much as as i would like now but um you know I, I you know every morning i watch the replay of the yankee game it's usually on in the gym and while i'm throwing some weights around i'll i'll watch that that's kind of how i keep up and then you know obviously espn and whatnot yeah hey, jack when you when you were playing and you're very humble i mean anybody that played as long as you did in the bigs is special and i want you to send a message to our listeners our young kids what was your approach as a hitter when you stepped in that box? You mentioned Fenway making you feel comfortable in Cleveland, but yeah, when you stepped yeah. into that bat about what was your approach? Uh, well, my, you know, when I when you're going, when I was going good, my power was to all fields, uh, mostly left center to right center. So you know, um, I, I would I would focus on staying to. I was left hand hitter, so I would I would focus on staying about. 10 feet uh, to the to the left of the batter's eye, 5 to 10 feet, I would I, I would kind of zone in on before the pitch was thrown to kind of keep me uh, that way, you know, um, stay, staying closed and staying, um, you know, keeping my body in position to be able to cover the ball away from me to go that way and then let my natural ability take over uh, on anything else inside or, or, or uh, off speed. Um, which didn't really work for the off-speed pitches that much, but um, <laughs> occasionally, occasionally they'd hang a change up at my belt and I top spin it out or something. But for the most part, um, it was uh, you know trying to stay up the middle the other way. I mean, it, again, it's cliche. I, you know, I know they they teach different things now, um, but that that that's kind of the way to 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 to, to be as successful as you can be. To, the trick is being short to the ball and staying staying long through the hitting zone, you know, to be able to give yourself a chance to hit a lot of different pitches. And uh, that, that that was my dad saying, you know, in batting practice all, all the time was short to the ball and long to the wall. And uh, so it was we try and be short to the ball and, and just stay and just stay long through the ball as, as long as we can to give us give ourselves the best chance to hit a lot of pitches. I like that. Bull, you wanted to add something. Yeah, I'd love to share with anybody that's listening and for you guys. Um, people in baseball still talk about Jack, uh, the batting practices he would take prior to his games as a high school <laughs> senior. Um, they had Curry Baker, who threw four <laughs> seamers. Uh, and, you know, Jack Sr. had a, a bucket of uh, a trash can full of pearls. Always. And um, it was the most unbelievable thing to watch. Uh, were you 17 or 18 at the time? Uh, my senior year, I was 18. Okay. Uh, yeah, so spring spring of senior, I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. So that senior year to watch an 18-year-old kid, I had one of my cross-checkers 
at the Immaculata field, you hit, you hit a ball to right field over the trees <laughs> and he, he went and found it and marked it off after, after we left, after you guys left yeah. and, and said it was almost 500 feet to home yeah. plate. Um, it yeah. was the most incredible thing you'd ever want to see in your life. And, yeah. um, he was this, to, to this day, the best, uh, power hitting high school player. I, I think a lot of us in the game have ever seen, um, Thank you. Thank you. You know, that accomplished. And, and his dad had a tremendous feel, and you knew that there was a lot of work that went into that, and that's why he was going to be a special player. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't hit off Kerry Baker uh, the rest of my career. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah. or, or when I set the pre-draft workout and I brought Nick Rizzo, who the, the Marlins signed, he was a – two-time minor league all-star senior uh, at Drexel University. And you went about 10 for 12 with five home runs off of him. And you very nicely said, gosh, if I could hit off guys like this, I'd have hit 700 with 40 home runs this year. <laughs> and, you know, poor, you yeah, know, poor, that's funny. You know, poor Nicky's face dropped and go, oh, damn, they're oh. not going to sign me now. But we still yeah. signed him because he was a good pitcher. So. <laughs> Oh well, man, I should have, I should have, should have brought him around with me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we would, have, yeah, we would have been up in uh, Cooperstown last yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, sure no, yeah, batting practice. I mean, you know, listen, batting practice was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, especially back then, and, and, and my dad always took batting practice. Uh, I mean that was it, man. We should have worked on fielding a little bit more, but uh, yeah, most of that's that's why I don't like that. Hey, hey, hey Jack, I'll, I will share this with you now that you went there. Um, <laughs> one one day you were putting on a show, you know, BP the game, yeah. and you took. You, I think you took infield at third and did not do real well, and 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 great. And so I, I, you know, you, me and your dad had a good relationship. And I said, Jack, how many pitches have you thrown Jack in your life? He goes, yeah. millions. I yeah, go, yeah. have you ever hit him a damn ground ball? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, well, you know, in all fairness to him, I was catching growing up. So, but I'm sure I would have let well, one, Once well, the backstop got further than five feet away and I had to start blocking balls, I was like, let me. Let me move somewhere else. This, well, I, I don't. I don't want to get dirty. What the one thing I will say is that you were not afraid to show yourself. Like yeah. you, know, you know, like okay, I'll take balls in the outfield. I'll take balls catching. Yeah. Take balls at first. I'll take balls at third. Anywhere. And, you know, to me, you wanted everybody to know. I'll do the work to wow. become proficient and become a major league player. And yeah. that, you know, that was my argument point as a scout to my people. And, and you know, we had you up good on the board. They just yeah. had, uh, they, they just ended up taking you, and, and we didn't. So Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, he'll, he'll go play any position and suck at yeah. it. He's, you know, he'll, he'll try. <laughs> yeah. I, think, no, I mean, listen, I, I uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. The infield, you know, I, I, I was – I mean, you were – you you were the scout, so you would know better. But I played a lot of first first base in high school, and I, I was pretty good at first. I wish I could have 
could have stayed there. I, I was not a good outfielder. Um, it, it, it's uh, you know, I I would uh, people would call me during the season and uh, sometimes, and and I'd be talking to them, and 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 you know, I'd be struggling a little bit, or my dad would call me if I'm struggling at the plate, and he'd say, "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, you, you you know, you know, I'm not feeling very good." At, if, if if I'm I'm looking forward to going out in the outfield and playing defense more more than I stepping in the batters, so, right? Right. I said that that's basically where I'm at right now. So I'm I'm working to get things right. But um, yeah, no, I didn't. You know, I was a uh, first baseman in high school, and you know, yeah. I, I think that senior year I I was taking balls at you know my dad. You know, he's always take balls yeah. at third, show him you could play third, take some in the outfield. Uh, it, it didn't help that our field was like uh, if you could catch oh, ground on our your field, field your, your field was <laughs> terrible too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible. So, um, yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, no, the, the the glove work was uh, I definitely didn't catch as many balls as I hit. That's for sure. <laughs> Jack, towards the end of your career, did did any of the pitch track data because like like were balls and strikes? Did any of that come into play because you had it? one of the best eyes of the strike zone and discipline that I had ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I, 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 you're talking about like the, the box and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. When I yeah. Up. yeah. That was like that. They didn't have that. I don't know if they had it really when I was playing. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I think more of that technology because, you know, cause your dad and I actually had conversations when you were in the big leagues and, you know, you would get called out on pitches that were always balls, yeah. oh, and, and, and 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 you would just go, you know, <laughs> that's not a strike, and you know, yeah. you'll see it if you watch tomorrow. Yeah, that and that's that's what I, that's what I would do. I mean, I would sit and constantly watch it, and we would have the air. You know, back then they had the aerial shots that they would show yeah. once in a while. Yeah. Once in a while, yeah. But like, I, I think the box has really made you know the 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 umpires a little bit more accountable. Not that yeah. they, not that they. I mean, they can, and also they get feedback. They know if they're getting the getting the calls right, and they can make adjustments. Um, and whether they want to do that or not, that's up to them. But I think I think everybody wants to get better. Uh, yeah. But I mean, some of the umpiring, when, I mean, it was just terrible. I mean, you get a you get a you get an Oakland Kansas City game uh, Wednesday getaway day at one o'clock. That's going to be a two hour and five minute game. Exactly. And, um, you, you better be swinging because it's and they're not even on TV. If they weren't, you know, some of those games now everything's every game's on TV. But right. some of those getaway games weren't on TV. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody knows. I'd, I'd have to tell my dad. I'd be like, Dad, you got to see this pitch. This guy called on me. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the umpires are. I think they're getting. A, they're a lot better. We watch it. My dad and I talk all the time. I mean. Uh, yeah. You know, I know Judge. It's funny because the Yankee fans get all, these umpires stink. They're, you know, you see what they're calling on Judge. You know, the, the ball's like an inch below his knees, but because of the pitch track, I'm like, dude, that was called a strike. You know, when that was called a ball, I was like, oh, let's go. I'm like, like I'm, we we're gonna have a game here. So yeah. um, you know, the the zone. I wish, I wish, I wish they did have it when I played. I, I could have. I would have gone back and uh, made a video of all the all the calls and been like, "Look, guys, I'm way better than I really am. Look at all these balls that were called strikes." <laughs> but um, you know, it's uh, it, you know, it's difficult getting back there and calling balls and strikes. Uh, 
to me, uh, there's a few that are just very consistent and very good. And, and there's a, and you know, now they got Twitter pages of umpires that, that stink oh, and not no. even know how they walk out the old Angel Hernandez uh, page. I, I had Angel in a ball as a player. That's how long he's been bad. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 19, yeah, 1982, he was in the Florida State League. Um, wait, was he a player or was he umpiring? He was a bad umpire. He was oh, a you were playing. Yeah, right. I yeah. was still playing. I, I was still playing. It was. Well, that's know, the thing. These, these guys with their eyes. I mean, I don't. I don't get how. Like, I mean, you know, my eyes have always been very good. You're right. Like, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. and I appreciate that. Like, you know, the power compliment and the eye compliment. Uh, but um, I, I don't know how the older you get, how they, you know, you can possibly, especially how hard these guys are throwing now. Yeah see the ball i mean I, i'm at my gym working out and you know someone's waving to me from 60 feet away and i'm like who is that i don't i don't know like and, I, and i'm like I'm, I'm closing my bad eye looking with my good eye i'm like what and i have good eyes i you know i was 2010 when you were looking at me in high school so um i i, I don't know i do have a good story about that though uh two two quick stories i'll tell about like my my eyes we were in atlanta i guess i hit pretty good in atlanta too and i was i was on fire that series brian mccann was catching and uh you know i never i, I never i never really got that 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 uh you, you know uh status of being a, a true veteran besides you know bouncing around right so like umpires would still you know, crap on you, you know, like you're nobody, whatever. And, yep. uh, so you could only you knew who you could say stuff to and who you couldn't. Well, there was a minor league umpire on the day game to get away. It was a Sunday game, and uh, and the whole series I would just do more body language type things when the ball was a ball and he called a strike. Kind of stand up and step out, and like you know, the catcher knew, the umpire knew, but I wasn't showing him up. Well, well, there was a minor league umpire. Uh, the, the third game, so it was finally someone I could really get in his ass when they when they when he called a bad pitch. So he called the, the first pitch against uh, I think JoJo Reyes was throwing or something a lefty. He threw he threw it probably like two inches off. Calls it a strike. I'm like, where you know, you know, I say a few choice r- words for him. Yeah. You know, how can you call that a strike first pitch? Then another ball goes in the dirt, and it gets away from McCann, and the umpire goes and gets it. McCann stands up to me. He's like, dude. You have been right on every freaking pitch this series. He's like, how the hell do you see the ball like that? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I just, that's, that's what I do. He goes, every freaking pitch. And then I got one more quick one. We were facing, we were playing the Reds and uh, Votto was on first. We all know what a wonderful player he is and what kind of eye he has. But I get, I get the first base and he, and he, and he's kind of, in his older age, he's gotten, or actually, no, I'm sorry, it was Justin Morneau. That's who it was, and he was a kind of a kind of an awkward guy, you know. First baseman, you get there, most of them are fun. He was just, I don't know, I don't know him at all, but I just, he seemed awkward. Like he'd say weird stuff, and I'm just like, and he's he's Canadian, so that's you know, never, <laughs> you know, maybe lost in translation or something. But uh, he, he, I'm taking, and that was another team I hit pretty well against. They, they we used to call them average white righties, you know, the, the, the six yeah. foot three righty that throws 92. There's none of them anymore. I mean, maybe a couple right. to throw 92 with a change up and a curveball, right? Like those were, those were guys you like to hit off of. And they had like four of them back then. And then Santa. So I used to hit them pretty good. So I get the first one time, take a three, two pitch. That was close. And more no goes. 
how the how the hell do you take pitches that close? I mean, just swing the bat. And I walked. I walked. You know, I walked. I'm like, dude, I'm on first. I walked. I said, listen, I can only hit in a, a certain amount of pitches. Like, like, and there's a very small amount of, of of spots in the strike zone I can hit. So if it's not in any of those spots, I'm not going to swing. I'll let the umpire make the choice. Whether 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 or not I get the first or not, so but he was like he, he couldn't understand. He's like I just don't understand why you don't swing more. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, good, it in, yeah. Good hitters see the ball well, and you you know you were a good hitter. You had really good strike zone discipline. Uh, you know, on these podcasts, I talk about Cal a lot because he was my roommate. He was the same way. Yeah, he he knew what a strike and a ball was, and yeah. and. You know, eventually you get a reputation, and they know. Hopefully, when yep, they miss yep. pitches, yeah. And that's I a good, think, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, know. you know, but uh, you know, it's it, and, and and even even now, there's certain guys that you go, wow, he's really good. He just yeah. oh. you yeah. can't expand the zone on him. You know, you got to make you got to make pitches to get him out. So yeah. Well, I mean, you, uh, Kevin mentioned LeMahieu before, and you know, like I said, I, I do watch some Yankee games, and he's, you know, yeah. he, he's so. I mean, he's just he's so fun to watch for me. I mean, he just goes out and grinds it out, but just his approach is just wonderful. And um, again, another guy doesn't expand the zone, makes a lot right. of contact, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it it it's tough to do, and and people. People ask me, like, you know, what did you do to work on your eye? And I'm like, you know, my dad just – if we had a batting practice pitcher that was throwing balls, he just say, don't swing. Just don't – like, don't expand your zone and help 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 the other guy out. And a lot of it was just zone hitting. We were always looking for pitches in certain zones. Uh, and if it wasn't in that zone and you're looking in a certain zone, it makes it a lot easier than trying to cover the whole plate. Like, if you're trying to – especially nowadays – yeah. You know, guys throwing a hundred with a ninety-three mile per hour slider, you can't cover all four quadrants. You gotta you gotta pick zones that you can cover and you can't try and hit pitches that aren't in those zones. And that that allows you to take some of those more borderline pitches. Jack, one more for me, and then uh you know, you've been very kind with your time and we appreciate it. But I think you, you, you addressed some of it right there because we're very we're very, uh, like we say, we love to we, we we love to improve the baseball IQ of young players, and also the physical uh, things to do physically. What is your one go-to tip for kids? And, and it could be, you know, from basically ten years on, ten years old on. But what what do you say to them to get them to really uh, get the most out of whatever hit, hitting ability that they have? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it, it just depends. Every, every hitter is different, right? But the thing that I see most is, uh, it, and, you know, we always, uh, growing up, my dad, and I, and I talk about him a lot because he's, he was so influential on my career. Uh, you know, he stressed, you know, using your using your whole body to hit, you know. Um, and, and, and you see it a little bit more now with these guys, with guys now that are, you know, they're, they're getting paid to hit home runs that they, they don't, no one cares if they strike out, um, all these other things that, you know, even though that was, that was the kind of player that I was, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily like to watch 18 players on a team take that same approach, uh, you know, for the whole game that, you know, that makes the game a little bit more 
boring, uh, in my opinion. Um, but as far as uh, hitting, I, w- I would say, like, you know, a lot of times these kids, they're scared to really use their body. But that's the one thing, like, Will's talking about when I was 18 years old, hitting balls 500 feet. Like, that's that's because at nine years old, I was swinging the same way I was at 18. But at 18, I had nine more years of strength and, and physical development going into a swing when I was, you know, 10 or 12 years old, I could hit a ball 300 feet. Um, but I wasn't a big kid and I wasn't a big kid in high school. I wasn't a, you know, I wasn't a monster. I was 180 pounds probably when Will saw me. Uh, but you know, I put every ounce of my body into, into hitting a baseball. And it, it sounds, you know, nowadays guys are doing a little bit more. Um, but these young kids, I think they're scared to kind of really get up there use their legs, you know, they're just trying to make contact, you know, at at the younger level. But to learn that swing early and it takes practice, um, you know, you can't just play games. And I think that's another problem with um, baseball, even though it's my business. These young kids are, they're they're not, they're not getting in the cage and put, I mean, they're doing it in the off season, but it also, you got to do it during the summer and spring when you're playing. You got to take as many, take as many swings as you were taking during, during the off season. Um, and that's what we did. Um, you know, we played 20 games in the summer. These kids are probably playing 60 or 80 games or 100 games. Um, it's just tough to play, to, 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 to really hone in on your mechanics when all you're doing is playing games. But I would say using your whole body and, again, uh, grasping the knowledge of the strike zone and, and getting a good pitch to hit, I think the combination of both will put you in a good position to, uh, to, to succeed. Uh, but the other thing, uh, not just hitting, I just, the last thing I'd like to say is just, uh, you know, the, the physical aspect of the game. And, and, and to me, what I took pride in was, was, was running the bases and, and, uh, you know, running the bases the right way, um, going first to third on singles to the outfield. And even though, as I got older and I got bigger, I still took pride on like, listen, if, if that outfield, that center fielder has got to move one way or another for this ground ball, I'm going to make him throw me out at third base. And, and uh, that's, that's the stuff that, that I like to see my kids doing at Diamond Nation is, um, you know, really getting after it on the base pass. Because, uh, you know, it's, I'm, not, I'm not just stealing bases. I mean, I could steal bases when I was young and, and, and in the minor leagues, and I kind of stopped a little bit. I didn't want to beat up my body. But it's, 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 it's going first to third. It's doing the little things uh, on the field uh offensively and defensively but offensively that you know putting the pressure on the defense to, to really make a play and 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 that's when i see a kid doing that that's what i really love to see um you know besides you know kids hitting the ball the right way and, and you know watching great pitchers uh the aggressiveness on the base pads is something that you could bring to the park every day whether you're hitting fielding uh or, or whatever it is you get on base and you, you put pressure on the defense and that's a great point about the fielders because to know that the the fielder has to move left or right, you have to scope that out while you're on base beforehand, correct? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, you got to check the out, you know, check the outfielders, know what they're doing, but just just have a feel. Uh, you know, as soon as that ball is hit, you're busting your butt. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm making that guy stop me. At, at, you know, the third base coach stopped me. But that that, that was always a thing that. And I had a couple guys tell me before, and I, you know, when I was playing, they're like, "Dude, you go." first to third just as good as anyone that like that's not like a burner because 
I that's what I like to do. Like I like to to, to just to just push it as as hard as he can. And I love when when I see players doing that. Um, you know, it's a little harder now. You know, taking guys that set out at second base. I used to love to do that too. <laughs> you can't do that. It's uh, you know, it's uh, the game's changed. I know you guys talk about it a lot. We didn't get too in in depth as far as some of those things, but um, you know, it's uh, it, it, at the end of the day, it's just coming to the park, and, and whether it's the park or or the office or whatever the heck you're doing in life, it's just grinding it out. It sounds like I said, it sounds cliche, but show up, do your job, and and and, and bust your butt. That's that's great advice, Bull. Did you have one more thing you wanted to add? Yeah, just I'll, I'll try to go real quick because I know we want to wrap up. You know, Jack, you you talked about you know using your body, and and that was created by so many repetitions of being balanced, figuring out separation, staying short to the ball and long through the ball. You know, I shared a little Tony Gwynn thing with our little group text of guys with Kevin and Dave and Sal. And, and, you know, it was just so, you know, most important thing is be balanced, keep your knob inside the ball, which gets your barrel into the zone and keeps it through the zone. And then, you know, as, as you repeat that and you create that muscle memory, not that hitting becomes easy, but it becomes consistent. Consistent, yeah. Exactly. And, 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 and that's what you did. And you were a good base runner. Yeah. And watching baseball now, I throw up watching base running. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. you know, like, like I sit in ballparks and I go, it's down, go. <laughs> like, you know, like, like a little league game. Yeah, like like there's no instincts, there's no pre-read like you talked about where you looked out there and you go, okay, he's playing this guy to pull. Well, that ball's in right center field. I'm yeah. going first to third. Yeah. I, this is easy. That's um, easy. How many guys don't score from second on base hits when everybody used to? Yeah, no, I know. It, it's, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, it is. You talk about balance, too, with the swing. That's another thing. It's uh, the, the that was another thing that my dad used to always, still teaches. You know, he likes to still get out there and talk to kids about hitting. Um, you know, if you get out of bounds, what's the point of swinging? Like it's, and that was another reason why I would take pitches because if if I was out of bounds, like what are you gonna do if you hit the ball anyway? Like you're not, you're, you're, you know, you, you if you get you get off balance, there's no point in swinging. So you're right. Uh, as as far as uh, being balanced, strong and balanced, and I think. Uh, I had I, I hit with uh, Mike Eastler one day. The old uh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he was a he was a great great hitting guy. The hitman. That was yeah. his name. The yeah. yeah, I mean he was uh, he was in um, and he gave me a lot of confidence once. I, I was I was hitting just batting practice with him one day in the Arizona Fall League, and uh, and he wasn't even my coach. I just happened to be hitting with with their team, and he was like. He's like, it's all about it's all about strength and balance. He goes, how fast and how hard can I swing this bat and stay balanced? He's like, that's that. He says that's what it's all about. The 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 quicker you can be, the faster you can accelerate your bat and stay balanced. He goes, that's when you can really start having some some sex, success and having some fun. So um, and, and he was a, and he and he you know and that's that was my game. I was like, I'm swinging this thing as hard as I can, and uh, and I'm gonna stay balanced. Uh, it wasn't like I'm trying to. Huh? Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say Jim Fergosi had a thing he called a controlled violence. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, yeah. um, like Bryce Harper, the first time we, we saw him, Yeah, I was at a game with Fergosi, and he goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, that's the most controlled violence I've ever seen. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's when you have it, you have it, and yeah. uh, and then you know, unfortunately, the older you get, you lose a little bit of that fast twitch. Yeah, and and, and then uh, you know, and then you got to start trying to do some other things that things don't you know come as easy as they used to. So that 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 was one thing that I the the, the older I got, I was like, oh, you know, the hips aren't as as quick and tight or they're tight but they're they're not as quick as they used to be and i'm not firing as uh as fast as i as i'd like so um you know that, that that's never a fun it's <laughs> never a fun moment when you realize that but jack thank, thanks so much for your time today you've been very generous gave us well over an hour i know our audience our kids our coaches our baseball people are going to pull tons of nuggets out of this one and I can tell that you read the Ted Williams book because that was his advice. Get a good pitch to hit was the, the most important thing for him. So Exactly. Uh, I, I, I tell everyone, you know, all my buddies that have kids, I'm like, pick up the Ted Williams book. Uh, the Wade Boggs book was very good on, on, on hitting as well as oh. even, even e- an easier read. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I appreciate everyone having you guys. Jack, Jack. Yeah, yeah keep thanks. Yeah, we know we best of luck at Diamond Nation, and we're, we're excited to watch what happens in Flemington as well. And hang on with us for a second after we close in our green room. we got a couple things we want to chat with you about quick. So Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Yeah, good. God, thanks.